Project Resume can make your medical coding dreams come true. From resumes to interview skills to navigating a successful career, Project Resume has the advice you need from coders you can trust. See all that we have to offer at projectresume.net. Please make sure to reference Medical Coding Geek when you place your order. Looking for a convenient, cost-effective solution for interventional radiology coding training? Check out Cracking the IR Code, Mastering Interventional Radiology and Cardiology Coding Online Education, created by interventional radiology coding expert Stacy Buck of RadRx. This comprehensive online training offers access to content for one year, Q&A support available during your one-year enrollment period, hundreds of coding scenarios, and actual operative reports. What are you waiting for? It's time to earn that specialty credential. Go to RadRx for additional testimonials and information, and use our promo code GEEK10 for special pricing. Again, go to RadRx and use our promo code GEEK10 for special pricing. You are listening. You are listening. You're listening to Do Not to Not Elsewhere. Not Elsewhere. Elsewhere. Elsewhere Classified. Welcome to Not Elsewhere Classified, a podcast about the medical coding, health information technology, and clinical documentation improvement community. I'm your host, Brian Kui. Hey everybody, welcome to the Not Elsa Classified podcast. If you're watching this podcast for the first time, welcome. Today in the podcast, I have Janice Amon. Uh, Janice and I go way back seven years ago when she was a consultant for a popular <laughs> a popular company and she went to my facility to teach me a certain new software. And so we really go into her career from a cons- really from the beginnings in medical records as a CDI specialist, moving into a consultant, into another consultant role, and now she is, I believe, she's the compliance director, a coding compliance director. Uh, but in this conversation, which is again a two-part series, we talk about what's like to be a consultant because when I first got out of school one of my biggest goals was to be a consultant but you have to think about what does it take to be a consultant and so I think for the most part of the first con- first part of this conversation we really dig into that so without further ado here is part one of two of my conversation with Janice Amon enjoy Uh, welcome everybody to the Not Also Classified podcast. Today on the podcast, I have Janice Amon. Now, before I, I kind of welcome her to the podcast, um, we were just talking earlier, and uh, I was just thinking, well, we met seven years ago. Let's start off with that, right? Seven, seven years ago, and the reason why I was looking at at the the LinkedIn. So, uh, what's very important. I'm just going to stay right now. If you're working as a coder, as a CDI, as an HIM professional, you will meet a lot of consultants. Like your boss will bring in a consulting group and then those people will come in. And so what's important 
and I've done this throughout my, my career in CDI is I've met a lot of consultants. And so I've always made it a priority. Whenever a consultant comes in, I must network with that person. And so when I first started um, CDI, I already knew this person, but it was uh, the trainer who taught me DRGs. I connected with him, but I already knew him from a long time ago. Then um, the next one was Dr. Cecil Mhoko and Kelly Estes. I connected with them. I connected with LinkedIn. I connected with them on Facebook, on Instagram too. And then you came, I believe, no, you came before them. And so we connected on LinkedIn as well. And I remember... Um, you were a trainer for a specific software. We'll talk about that, not specifically the company, but your role in itself. But regardless, I do want to welcome on the podcast, Janice Amon. Welcome, Janice. How are you today? Good, good, good. Thanks, Brian, for, <laughs> um, you know, letting me be your guest for your podcast. And I, I really, really admire that you are one of the pioneers in starting this type of thing in our career, you know, because um, it's just happening. They do have a podcast on other things. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I don't think there's so many people that are doing this, you know, with our career. So, yeah, thank I mean, you for, for having me. <laughs> I, I appreciate it. I mean, who else is doing this? I mean, I, I think, like, just having conversations is all we need to have. I think that's it. I mean, people are very um, drawn to webinars and sessions. Yeah, that's great. But what about just just talking? Yeah, right. Just right. casual conversation. Casual, <laughs> casual, casual conversation that you can listen to while you work, that you can listen yeah. to while you're, I don't know, cleaning the dishes, doing the laundry, you know, <laughs> mowing your yard. I don't know about that. <laughs> doing laundry <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to hear talking about cdi about doing laundry um so yes seven years ago uh i when i was a cdi specialist um the whatever the department brought in a consulting group uh for that was part of a specific popular uh software that i'm sure most everybody uses right and so right. they were like oh okay this software will do this um, it introduced, at least for me, it introduced to me natural language processing, um, computerized, uh, what was it, uh, computer assisted coding. That was the first experience I ever had with that, uh, right. very early on 2014. That's like 2014. Me, yeah. So like, it, yeah, go ahead. Oh, it, it's one of, you know, um, I think they are pioneer when mm. it comes to the natural language processing processing and the computer assisted coding and everything after that you know a lot of other companies have followed mm -hmm. so and i you know um let me talk about like where i came from who am i you know um, okay you might as well jump on to the first question yeah, yeah <laughs> Go ahead. might have just jumped to that one yeah so yeah i i actually um you know i went to college at cal state long beach uh, with my bachelor's in science and health science. Mm. And then after that, I was like, what am I going to do with my life? Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Cause I, I, I don't know if I want to go, you know, to the community. Um, cause I think my special, uh, the specialized on community health. So I don't really know what to do after. So, um, I went uh, to medical school, um, in mm. the Philippines after that. Oh, okay. So, so you went um, backwards, you went from the U S to the Philippines. 
Well, I, I graduated high school in the Philippines. So I was oh, okay. from the Philippines. And then I came here, you know, I immigrated here mm. and then went to college over here mm. um, in the United States. And then I really want to be a doctor. So I said, okay, let me be, you know, let me finish my medical school degree in the Philippines. And I, I actually wanted, uh, you know, to be a plastic surgeon or an aesthetic mm. uh, medicine type of doctor because mm-hmm. I know how to draw and all that stuff so very artistic so I thought that one combined to that then maybe you know I'll be a plastic surgeon right but um things came up you know uh, I met my ex-husband there um so and then I have um you know a baby so I immigrated back to the United States after uh, medical school and with that um you know I found a job at um one of uh, the hospitals here in San Diego and um, you know started actually they said they were going to give me a path and they were going to teach me to be a clinical documentation improvement specialist mm-hmm. so with that one they had to start me at the medical record you know kind of like indexing and all oh, that little geez. stuff yeah and getting paid like I think you know <laughs> that that you know medical Humble beginnings yeah from the humble beginnings and yeah. you know like, I, i'm fine with that you mm-hmm. know i have a baby i have like you know to support so i started with that and so i do know the parts of the medical record what they do in there and all those little things um that him does with our record um after you know i think it's only like within a couple of months you know started doing the cdi they trained us for clinical documentation improvement and things like that um, and then after that, maybe a year and like a couple of months, maybe a year and more than a year and a half, I um, studied for the CCDS and then the CCS. Mm-hmm. And then I got those certifications. And once I got all those certifications, I was brought into the consulting company wow. of one of the largest, you know, um, health information system company uh, in the nation. I guess I could say that. So, so with that, um, you know, I, that I actually skyrocketed my career and that's how I met you. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure I have met a lot of coders and a lot of CDI um, and leaders um, in this industry with my career um, from that company. Mm-hmm. So, so with that, um, you know, you know, I was also one of the pioneer, um, you know, trainer for that software. Mm-hmm. Um because we started with, I think, I don't know, maybe 10 or 14 CDI and a lot of them like didn't make it, you know, they're like, oh, this really? not for us. Wow. Yeah. It's a lot of traveling. It's that's what like, I wanted. That's what I wanted to ask is because uh-huh. I know consulting, like when, when I graduated back in 2003, like one of my goals was like to be a consultant. Cause like whenever I went to, um, you know, like a conference, you know, I would look at the, the, the vendors. I'm like, Oh, they got a, they, they got it made. They're pretty cool. They're wearing the nice little suits and, uh, yeah. And the nice dresses, they look pretty, you know, well kept. They, they seem like they're well paid. 
Um, and I, I remember it wasn't, it wasn't in Florida, but it was over in San Francisco where I, where we attended the national conference. And I just kept on asking questions like, Oh, what do you do? And, and what, what do you, what is it that your job is like? Oh, we do consulting. We travel. This is when we used to before remote technology, right? They would travel you over, you would do work there. You would come back home and then you would travel again. And, and it do seems all lucrative, things. right? It's yeah. like, okay, travel and travel. But, you know, it, it does take a toll, you know, mm. on you. Like, I'm always at the airport running, like, in Monday morning to get to my flight to get yeah. to where. Because I could be from a West Coast type of client up to the East Coast type of a client, mm. you know. And um, and then Thursday or Friday, then you go back again and, you know, just spend a couple of, spend the weekend at your house and then on to the next client. So, mm. It, it is a great opportunity to meet a lot of people in the industry, you know, um, lots of great clients, very smart people I've met along the way. And just like you said that, like, you, you always network with these people. I always try to keep, you know, in contact with um, some of my coworkers or co-consultants um, from mm -hmm. that company. And I also, um, with the clients, try to get in touch with them as well as well as my previous recruiters and all that stuff. So I don't burn bridges. <laughs> all right. right. Um, so you said they, they, some of the consultants felt like it wasn't for them. Like, what was it like, uh, like, was there anything specific that kind of like, okay, I'm when you were, when you were doing it or other people were doing it, they're like, okay, uh, I can't do this no more. What was that point aside from the traveling? Was it, was it burnout? Was it other stuff? Like what, like, you know, there, there's sometimes like, you know, um, you know, consulting is great, but like there's stuff that people don't really necessarily tell you until you yeah. find, until you're in the role. And then when you're mm -hmm. in the role, like, oh, shoot, you know, like <laughs> I wish somebody had told me that. So I would, you know, what would you tell like, you know, aspiring consultants? Like what should they expect? Like, you know, like people look at medical coding like, ooh, ah, it's nice and easy. But then when when they finally get into it, like, oh, my gosh, it's, it's so hard. I, I can't I can't even deal with it. And they kind of you know, finish themselves and kind of like leave the profession itself. So like, what, what are some of the, what should they look out for? I think that's a better question. What should they look out for when they're considering some type of role like this? Hopefully later on down the line, when everything kind of calms down, when everybody can, you know, do more travel uh, to sites. Well, you know, first of all, you, you got to have some, you know, a lot of soft skills when it comes to being a consultant because you deal with a lot of people. Mm -hmm. So dealing with people is not dealing like with our medical records and just reviewing that records because, you know, we're humans and we all have different uh, reactions. So you have to kind of be flexible, mm -hmm. you know, um, when it comes to dealing with people. Um, and then again, so that's kind of one of the perks is you meet lots of lots of great people. But there's also sometimes there are, you know, some clients that are very, very difficult that can make difficult your people, yeah. life, you know, difficult as well. You know, being a consultant, you know, uh -huh. this is kind of like, who are you? What do you know? What can you provide for us that we already don't know, mm. like, that we don't know, you know, mm. like, especially, you know, when I went into this role, I, I feel like, you know, um, a lot of the people have already been there years and years of experience. So yeah. you kind of want to prove yourself you know that you do know something and that you do you have something to give and to kind of like teach these other people of what you know I mean for me especially I do have um, um 
a medical degree background. So that really helps me a lot for the things that I could see clinically and I could decipher like, okay, let me put on my clinical hat Mm -hmm. or let me put on my coding hat and let me put on my CDI hat when it terms to kind of giving some recommendations and things like that. Mm-hmm. So um, travel, for traveling as well, you know, sometimes the delays in the flights, oh my God, sometimes you are stuck at the airport, you know, for a lot of hours of delays. And um, if you don't have, um, you know, miles and points like that you know you're you're gonna be bumped from the next flight to the next especially when it's winter you know winter oh, there's storms when, if i'm stuck at the east coast and i want to go you know back home but thank goodness there's some good people along the way like i think i was in michigan one time and it was like valentine's day then next day and I was like my little boy like i make excuse that i like my little boy is waiting for me can you like you know um kind of <laughs> let me in into this flight uh-huh. and then they, they feel bad so they would give me like a flight uh, they exchange a flight from one different airline to the next so that i could go on to the next so there are really kind people out there that mm-hmm. helps you and again the things that other people do are like you know make it difficult as well so you got to watch out for that um you know delays because there was one the, the one thing in particular um you know there are of course other customers in the plane that like make your life difficult you know kind of like kick your seat and you're already tired from the long like oh, yeah. you know yeah days of work and all you want to do in the plane is to sleep right <laughs> yeah so those type of things um what else uh of course you have to be always like on the go um a lot of the things that your chores you need to do you, you need to do over the weekend you know but so there's less time um to spend with your family um you know because again you're like 80 percent you're you're traveling so um what else internet connection you know that's also like a problem if you're trying to have a go live and training with oh you, yeah and it you have technical difficulties you know clients will get upset if if a lot of those things are not working or you don't know, you know, or if there's a place and it's like, you don't know how to get there because you haven't been there and it's, you know, not accessible because sometimes you have to go to places where it's not really like the, the main city. Sometimes there's places where it's like, like a rural area mm-hmm. and the only hotel that they will provide or of course the only hotel that is going to be your choice you know those type of things that you have to deal with um so yeah i think i think that's 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 i couldn't think of that many but like most of it would be like logistics like getting yourself there like planning your trips all of that stuff yes i think that's very difficult because you know your sleep you know it's not it's not great when you sleep in the plane right and of course you need your rest and things Mm -hmm. like that so and of course missing my son my family i bet that's that's the big deal i think of not wanting um to go back like that route again and even when you when you like when you were working with me and and i guess my team right uh Mm -hmm. you were there in the morning you left like i know afternoon but once you get to the hotel i'm sure you're not done like you still got no i'm not done yet yeah that's what i can imagine because when you go to a client you know that that 
office time with the clients, but then you have to do the, the, you know, the office work at the, at your computer, basically, Mm -hmm. Uh, your client's email or the things, the project in itself, you know, we have to finish the report at the end of the week. So the time spent is the whole day you're with your clients training after that, you know, you're, you're going to make your report in the evening. And sometimes it doesn't end till 11, you know, Oh, geez. Yeah, depending on how how much like record review, like record reviews, you know, those are kind of hard and, and you know, like very labor intensive bet, yeah. you know, when mm-hmm. we go to a client. So mm-hmm. depending on the project, um, the amount of time and labor and depending on how many people you get to work with and if everybody is also a team player or not, that affects, you know, the whole project. Yeah, um, no, I, I remember when you were there. It's like you were just like, <laughs> I don't know how long you were there. Were you there for like a week? Was it a week or yeah, two Yeah, I was weeks? there for a week. And a I'm week. glad I have like my son there because we get to enjoy, you know, some of the places afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. We stayed over the weekend, you know, to to enjoy and, and sightsee. And I know the beginning it. of the week, you were very energized. And then by like the, the, the end of the week, you're like, I'm like okay, I'm okay. So, yes. Yeah, we're yeah. gonna. I said, okay, don't worry, we we got it. Uh, <laughs> I learned it. If anything, they'll just tell me, and I'll just relay it to you, and that type of stuff. And and uh, I mean, you were a good. Oh, you're brother. very memorable, so that's why I remember you. And I was like, hey, that's Brian. I know him. Yeah, you yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. I caught on to the like. I I had a guest um before, and I was saying to her like, the best way I can learn a new software is not listening i mean i I'll, i listen to you right <laughs> i thought that i wasn't listening to you but i was listening to you you gotta say that right Make right feel better. And, I, and i had the um i know you gave us materials but i just went in it like i just went in and just started tinkering around till i found Correct. it and then once you started talking about a certain concept i i i made sure like okay i did i get this did i get that did i get this did i get that i was just kind of like you know, like an open playground, you know, yes. in the, in the, in the environment. And then I think by the time um, you finish, I'm like, okay, I think like for me, my goal is like, okay, if I'm learning something that I need to teach it to somebody, because, because I know there were people who didn't grasp it. And so yes. I like, okay, if, if she leaves, you know, <laughs> who's gonna, who's gonna be the guy or the, or the lady who they're going to go to, to ask questions. Okay. And I, and I knew it was going to be me because out of like, I think, what was it like 12? Weren't you the super user? Cause like we designate a super user. I think so. I think so. Yeah. I was one of the super users and I'm like, okay. Um, <laughs> if she's gone, yeah. you know, who's going to do it. And I said, okay, it has to be me. So I, I made sure like, you know, we did all, you know, we did all the testing and then we did all of the uh, tinkering around. We play with the CAC. We play with the natural language processing. Um, I know like, for those that are wondering what CAC is, it's like, it's suggested codes. And so you got to make sure those suggested codes line up with what's documented. And you're not just like clicking the suggested codes and adding it. <laughs> adding or it else to, you wouldn't have a job. Right. It's going to be account. the computer's like, job, right? Like don't, don't let the machine do the work for you. You got to do Don't let the work. machine do the oh, work. I remember you telling me that. Yeah. assist you and help you, but you're still the human and yeah. be able to to kind of pick which is the right code for you. <laughs> yeah, that was it was a lot of fun. I'm like, oh wow. And so I think um 
one of the things that I had to learn was, okay, if they're suggesting it, then we should be validating it. Like it helps, it helps a lot, like this natural language processing and CAC to mm-hmm. eliminate a lot of the, the tedious, as you say, the tedious reading, you know, flipping through pages, going through tabs, finding this and that. It's like, it's already, you know, pulled out some of the keywords. Didn't and, you love it that it's like when you search for something just to make sure that it's not there or it's there? Yeah. Like no, the right. search function is like, you know. Okay. Yeah, that's that's what it is. It's like it should give me like a, you know, I don't know if anybody would understand it, but it's like it's the the the, the technology gave me like a work queue of key phrases that I need mm-hmm. to look at. And mm-hmm. so what I did was, OK, here's the suggested code then the clinical mind needs to say, okay, what are some of the things that would validate that? And then you would start searching on the uh, electronic health record side, like, okay, what are some of the keywords? Like, for example, if it was CHF, okay, does the patient have, you know, effusions, edema, JVD, elevated uh, pro-BNP? You know, I would look for those things, Lasix, you know, and see if some of those things kind of match in and support what the, um, what the, the CAC is trying to show me. Yeah, suggest. Yeah, yeah. Yes, suggestion. Like, okay. And then it's once a suggestion you... doesn't mean you have to take it. Do you need a specialized recruitment partner to send you only qualified candidates? Do you need interim staff while you conduct a search for a permanent employee? Or are you losing hires to competitors? Renowned Talent recruits experienced HIM, RCM, and CDI professionals using their trusted candidate screening and retention process for health systems and employers around the U.S. Whether you have one or multiple openings that you need to fill ASAP, please visit Renowned Talent. And tell them you heard this ad through the NEC podcast. Again, visit RenownTalent, R-E-N-O-W-N, Talent.com, and tell them you heard this ad through the NEC podcast. The Haugen Consulting Group offers healthcare consulting, education, and auditing services utilizing a team of industry experts specializing in leadership, project management, and assessments for HIM and patient access. Their auditors and educators are experts in facility and professional fee coding and offer education for ICD-10-CM, PCS, CPT, HIM, patient access, and revenue cycle. The Haugen Consulting Group is thrilled to be a partner with MedicalCodingGeek.com and the Not Also Classified podcast. Go to thehaugengroup.com slash shop and use promo code GEEK15 at checkout to receive a discount on webinars and desk aids. Again, go to thehaugengroup, H-A-U-G-E-N group.com slash shop and use our promo code GEEK, G-E-E-K-1-5 at checkout. Hello, everybody. I want to thank you for listening, but I do want to take a quick moment to promote our partners who help support the podcast. Do you want to know who supports our podcast? You can go to our website, medicalcodinggeek.com slash partners. From there, you could find a list of our partners who help support the podcast, including the Haugen Consulting Group, Project Resume, RadRx, Findacode, accessadoctor.com, ZipRecruiter, and so much more. So again, please support the podcast. We're doing great things. We want to expand. But please go to medicalcodinggeek.com slash partners.
Correct. And so I was <laughs> right. like, okay, once you put it, okay, once I put it together, then we could hit, okay, I'm going to put it into the account as a listed code. And so I know, I remember a lot of, um, at least not the CDI, the CDIs were okay. They, they liked it. I kind of had to explain to them, you know, that function, but I think the coders were like, oh no, I don't know if we could, uh, if we could do this. Cause I know it was a separate trainer, right? It was a, you were the CDI. There was a separate trainer for, for the coding. The and coders. so I remember- sometimes I train the coders too, Do you? but depending on, yeah, depending on, um, the client, cause sometimes they would have like the actual the, a coder trainer. Um, but if it's like a smaller hospital, then I would do both. Oh, you do both. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I found it to be very interesting. And I remember what was, I was I'm still looking at the LinkedIn messaging and I, I- <laughs> I said, oh, I want to grow up to be you one day. Like that, oh, that would be. <laughs> I want to grow up to be you, a famous blogger. <laughs> oh, geez. Well, you could do it. I, I, mean... I don't, I don't have the, I think the patience to do it every day or not every oh, day, but like yeah. consistently do it because I mean, I do have, you know, my family, my son to That's take right. care of. I mean, um, and then I have my, my full-time job, you know, right. and then. And then the gym, and then all the socialized <laughs> thing, you know. <laughs> I, I'm in the same boat too, because like, uh, you know, like sometimes I would have to, like, I would balance. I have a full time job myself, and so I'm balancing. Like, you have a child. I have, I have three kids. One that well, goes. You have three. I have three. So have I have one that goes. <laughs> yeah, the thing is, over here they don't take the bus. I have to drive them. I have to drive them at. I have to wake up at six. Drive them. Uh, at 6.30, drop them off at 6.40, go through the major highway, come back, start work. And then I would have to pick up my son from football. Thank God my my oldest daughter has a friend that can drop her off. And then uh-huh. from there, like, okay, uh, I'm tired. Like before when, when, you know, in 2020, when the kids were home, there was, all I did was work. And so I had enough time to do a, podcast i had enough time to do you know think about doing youtube and so when i started youtube in the summer it was great and then when when my son started this football and this kid started starting school then you're like okay uh what's priority here you know Um, and the way i look at it you know i'm just gonna be very blunt it's like okay who's paying my bills and so where does Where's my bills being paid? I said, well, my full-time job is. And so where should priority be? But this, you know, the, the podcast is always going to be there. Um, it's just always nice for me to, to conversate. And then the YouTube channel is like, I have like, you know, I, where is it? Back here, that little board, you see it here. So like, I have like stuff that I want to yeah, yeah. talk about. And then I bought, I bought, where's this thing here? like a stand. And so I could just, if I had an idea, I just start recording, you know, start talking and just come up with a very quick video and then post it on a specific topic. Cause if I, if I, if I write down the idea and I don't record it, I'll just forget it. Like my energy for that topic will be lost, you know? So that's why I have to do it very quickly. I know what you mean. There's, there's, I guess that comes when you're like sleeping and you close your eyes and then you know, just like the cartoons. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh my gosh, if I don't do this now, I'm going to forget. Or like, you know, like there's a topic here that I want to talk about with, about education, but it's like, do I even want to do that now? Like the energy's lost. Like, you know, so, or if I have, like, there are times where I used to do podcasts and I forget to record. 
And so we would go, <laughs> I think I'd record. That's why I said, that's why I said in the beginning, let me hit record now before I forget. There was one time I was uh, talking to, who was it? It was, his name was Don Self. And we were already an hour in and we're like, oh, shoot. Can we start this again? But then we, we went through to the same questions and it, the energy just wasn't there. Like, you know, like you have it wasn't to, there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. To yeah. And when you're doing recording stuff and like that, you just have to keep up a, a very good energy. It's the same thing. Like when you're doing, you know, your, um, your, your consulting job, there's a certain level of energy yeah. you have to keep up all day. And, and I'm like, Oh, how is she keeping up this energy trying to, uh, you know, make a, huh, I don't know. I don't want to say it's boring. You make but yourself like, very um, effective as a trainer. You, you know, go. you got to have this different intonation and kind of be like, wake up or else, you know, why yeah. are we here? Right. Yeah. Let's just go home. If you're not going to listen to me and if we're not going to be able to kind of go over these topics, you know, um, with you. So that type of energy that wears you down at the end of the night. So, yeah, and right. for the whole week, if you do it with a lot of people, so sometimes we do, we did get clients before that are maybe 30, you know, um, mm. in, in one sitting down, because I Yeesh. think a combination of the CDIs and the coders and, you know, some quality, um, folks. So would that you type of energy. Would you consider yourself like more like a introvert or more of an extrovert? I'm definitely an extrovert and I did love my <laughs> yeah. speaking in public. So, you know, I know that's one of like the most fear, you know, like uh, people fear public speaking, mm-hmm. but I, I do love public speaking. I think it accelerates me. Yeah, yeah. So it, yeah. Um, uh, that's probably because also when I was growing up uh, in the Philippines, first grade, second grade, my mom used to in- enter me in those contests. Oh. Where it's like home. Mm-hmm. Or like, what is declamation contest? I don't know if you know what that is, but I have to memorize like a long um, pages of like paragraphs and I have to to deliver that in front of uh, like know, a speech. Mm-hmm. It's a speech. It's kind of like a speech. And then, yeah, and then I tend, tended to excel in that. So I, I feel like this accelerates me and, and I love it. I love talking to people. You know, I think that's one of my strong suites. Um I get sad when I'm by myself a lot, <laughs> you know, so I, I need that. Um, I need that people because it feeds, you know, my energy. That's what I, that's why I think I consider myself like a full on intro, uh, extrovert. I know my boyfriend is an introvert because he, he? he just gets, he's, he just gets drained, you know, by, by my friends. and by uh-huh. me. <laughs> He's like, you talk too much. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah. Like I would consider myself like a, like I, I would, um, I guess introvert, but like I have extrovert qualities. Tendency. Yes. Yeah, tendencies. Yes, yes, yes. And so like, if I'm like, for example, this doing this, I can handle it. Like it's, but it's, it's very energy draining. So after this, I'm going to be like, like this, or if I'm, um, if I'm doing a speaking event, uh, I have, for some reason, I'm so hungry after, <laughs> Like the, when you did the when you did the training, you had to like all of a sudden go get pastelitos over at the cafeteria, and you needed like a, a cortadita, the, the the Cuban ca- the coffee, and all of that. I'm like, oh, I can imagine, you know, because like your your whole day is just talking and giving out energy and and doing them. By the by the end of the day, you're man, you're drained for real. Right, right. Yeah, I hear you. So from from the uh 
the training position, where did you move to next? As I know you, you spent some time there. And then after that, we connected on LinkedIn. And then from there, you moved on from that company and you went on somewhere else. What, what happened from there? So I moved on from that, uh, you know, that large company that skyrocketed my career to something, uh, another consulting, <laughs> another consulting um, firm, which I get to focus more on the coding. Mm. So the other one is like a CDI, CDI trainer. And then this one is more of like, you know, auditing. It's more mm. an auditing education and um, auditing education and the coding side. So with that company, I get to train physicians um, all over the nations when mm. that, because that was the time when we were transition, transitioning, um, you know, from ICD-9 to oh, ICD-10. Right. Mm-hmm. So we need to educate physicians, you know, what they need to document in the record in order to kind of, you know, the coders to get all the information that they need in the record, you know, to code as, um, as easy as they can, but you know, that's always a task. Um, so I've trained, you know, uh, physicians in, um, New York, Massachusetts, um, for traveling, right? yeah, for traveling as well. Um, but mostly with that company, it's remote position oh, nice. as well. So I get to stay uh, here in California and only get to travel when there are, you know, um, training that I need to do um, for our client. So it wasn't as rigorous, like, you know, you. It wasn't as rigorous, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and again, it's focused on auditing. um, Okay. Focused on auditing and focused on education. Um, So with that, um, after that. um, Well, let me ask this question. What do you think hmm. would be the major difference of teaching a software in doing the work that we do versus uh, what you did in this, in this role, uh, educating physicians, like what are some of the, the differences between those two teaching a software versus teaching physicians, actual well, like documentation, CDI coding concepts. Well, I mean, having the background of the CDI and teaching the software to use for that and the coding Mm -hmm. does help a lot because when you give examples and then you don't make sense, people are going to think like you don't really know what you're doing, right? Even if you're teaching a software, when technically you just need to learn what the software, um, the bells and whistles of it and train how to use it, you know, per se, but having that background really do help when it comes to oh, here's how you do it. You pick up the code, you know, things like that. And and people listen to you more and you're more trustworthy because of that background. Um, and then the difference between that is that, I guess you're teaching something that is a technical piece, right? Um, in the other side, you're teaching the content or the knowledge base when it comes to teaching mm. the documentation or you're teaching the coding or, or you know, what, physicians need to document in the record in order to transition to the ICD-10. So and you also teach, um, you know, the concepts, you know, when it comes to CDI, like what do we look for in the record, you know, um, what, what should be coded and what's not, what things like that. That's the major difference between those two positions. Like the way I see it in that role, the auditing and physician educator, CDI consultant, it's, it shifts the, I guess, the expertise, right, from the product to yourself, right? Well, the, the thing about it, um, though, from the 
the very large health uh, information system company that I used to work for is I mm. do two things. I train, you know, with the soft, like the, I train um, the software to how to use it. But there's also a different, which is a program evaluation that I used to do for that. And that entails like evaluating their CDI program. Oh, okay. So we do record review. And at the end, we present also concepts about coding and CDI and documentation um, with that. So it was a bit more holistic. It's more holistic, like the, the you know, the big healthcare, I mean, the health information system um, is a software plus that program evaluation, right? Uh, okay. The other one that I transitioned into is just more of just the program evaluation type of thing. It's more okay. of like, okay. there's no teaching about a software or, or things like that. Would you feel it was, it was, um, do you feel it was easier per se because you you're not teaching a software rather than you're just focusing on concepts or I wouldn't say it's easier both has its own challenges mm. and whatever you know you like most I guess I, I really love that I have different type of things that I do for that other company not just like teaching the concepts you know what I'm saying like mm. for the other one you're like, teaching the technical stuff that's easy yeah, for yeah, me yeah. Right. Because when, when that started, we didn't have any manual for, for that software. Mm -hmm. We had to develop that manual and write, you know, help write those manuals down in order how to use that software. Right. Because when I, when I think about it, like, I, I guess for going back to the software is whenever I think about software, if I'm trying to learn a software, I always have to think about, or if I'm working with IT, there's always like, what is the workflow? What is A? What is Z? And I think when you're doing like a, a training in software, you have to teach the software, but then where does it fit, you know, along mm -hmm. the way in your job? And so Correct. that's, that to me is in itself uh, from a IT, from a software aspect, it's very challenging because I, as you say, you went to multiple sites and each of those sites probably had a different way of doing things. Correct. Right? And so you have to integrate that actual software, the actual new technology into what they do. And I think that's where you kind of get a lot of the um, uh, resistance per se, or the, mm -hmm. where you have to work into that role. And then um, when, when I think about what you're what in, in the, in the next role, it's like, okay, concepts, but how does it meet with their concepts? How does it meet with their policies and proceed? I've seen that where it kind of like, it clashes, you know, or right. it requires and a lot of change management or acceptance. And some people are very resistant to change when mm. it comes, especially to a new software, you know, um, they say like, oh, why should I use that? We already have, like, I'm so used to looking at our medical record, mm. you know, and, and I'm, I, it's easier for me. Like, why should I be using that, you know, software? So that is always like a challenge that, you know. Well, how do you answer that question though? Huh? How do you oh, tackle that question? When well, we I do answer that type of question is because there's um the bells and whistles that we offer in that software itself, right? It could mm. look for things that you don't that you can't when just when you're flipping through a medical record, it's like one note per note. You can't read, you can't search the whole notes, um on um uh, for words just like what it does. It you know um at that time there's really not too many software that has the auto suggest and like the 
uh, natural language processing that it mm-hmm. kind of learns, you know, what you usually code. So there's other things that will help you, you know, make your life easier when it comes to the workflow. Um, instead of going one by one, you're going through these things, you, you can market that you've reviewed it. Mm-hmm. You, the other medical record company, you can't check mark that thing, you know, unless it's a paper and said, I, you know, and right. I don't think, yeah, exactly. In that software, you can mark that, like I reviewed this, you can compare two notes, you know, which one is new, which one is, uh, is copied and pasted, those type of things, right? What about conceptual disagreements? Like, okay, you know, you, you present a specific, sounds like an interview question for a job. I know, but, 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 but interview. <laughs> maybe, well, maybe. this is being recorded, but, <laughs> the, like, but, being uh, interviewed- the, up there for those <laughs> but like for like you like you mentioned there are people and uh out there that are resistance to change like more conceptual wise like okay we used to code this the way you know for so long and then here you are you come in with this new concept or even with a physician whoever it may be like you know i've never heard of this i've never worked with this i don't think i will ever deal with this but you're you're trying to bring in this concept that will help out the organization how do you kind of like ease them in and and help them accept the concept or you know be willing to open the chain. what do you mean like kind of like like, like for example okay let's do i think coding? a better yeah a better one would probably be coding let's stick with the coding right so like if there is a coder who's like okay, okay we've been doing you know coding this i'm just gonna pick out a a, a diagnosis acute kidney injury right we've been doing Correct. acute kidney injury yeah. for whatever and we've been following kdigo guidelines uh I'm just referring back to Alan Frady who posted something on LinkedIn, like, you know, about the 0.3 difference versus the 1.5 difference. Like, like for, mm-hmm. for example, oh, this facility does 1.3, but, you know, literature states 1.5 and there's some certain issue or criteria for 0.3 rise or decrease in, in or change in creatinine. Mm-hmm. You know, how would you kind of, I guess for me, it's like, how would you, like put everything out there so that way they can see it your way. I think that's the way I would probably want to phrase that. Well, okay. Like if you're coming in with an idea and they don't accept it, how do you, how do you? I, I mean, being in compliance right now, I do that mm-hmm. a lot of times, you know, in my job, my current job, my current mm-hmm. role, which I think it's always hard because it's always shoot the messenger, right? <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm just doing my job, right? Say so I, nobody, nobody wants to be corrected. You know, nobody wants right. to say you're wrong, you know? Mm. So the approach really helps a lot. You, again, I mentioned to you earlier, there's different type of people. So different type of people, you, you approach them differently. Mm-hmm. Um, some people rely on facts, you know, and um, with coders, especially you have to present them of what is, you know, the the hierarchy in the coding, right? When it comes to which reference you're going to use. Mm-hmm. You go with the ICD-10-CM, uh, the code book, then you go with the coding guidelines and then the coding clinic, and then, you know, the rest. Uh, it, that hierarchy, you present that in that fashion in order to give them the kind of say, hey, you code it this way, based on, you know, ICD-10-CM, a tabular and alphabetic index, or, you know, you, you 
according to coding clinic you you code it you just present them facts you don't you don't kind of attack on a different manner and then what really comes to that is they will come to the realization that like oh well that that does make sense and then mm. you want to hear what their feedback how they're looking at it at a different angles why yeah. do they see it that mm -hmm, way mm -hmm. when you attack it that way and you see what are they thinking and why they think that way it's it's easier for you to kind of point out like well i think of it this way because of this because of this this right. way i think there's one thing that was kind of like the bubbling up in my mind it's something about like the poisoning like the poisoning codes and how people always say like okay if it's due to if it's an acute you know kind of a condition um and then um it's due to drugs you know the, the acute condition is due to a drugs um you gotta ask whether this has been used you know uh wrongful dose wrongful you know um dosage and all like that then it becomes like poisoning, right? As opposed to that if, if it's properly used and things like that, then those are just like adverse effects. Yeah, so, adverse effect, yep. Yes, so those type of things, when you kind of point it out to them that, okay, this condition is acute, right? Therefore, it's due to wrongful use, then it becomes to poisoning as opposed to this one where it's, it's an actual effect of that drug because it was used correctly. Yeah, it was taken properly, yes. It was taken properly, and then they just have an acute reaction to it. So you got to kind of think where they kind of got it wrong because they perceived it differently. You you got to kind of like say, um, okay, this, this condition is acute or this the condition is chronic. So when I do that and when I explain further, I have an easier, easier time of, giving the concept you know um rather than kind of just bluntly saying no you're wrong yeah 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 like no well, here's here's what i think you're wrong no yeah. it, it, it's not that way you say right correct this is how i think it's correct um but it may be perceived as this because of this you know you're not gonna say like you're wrong you're just gonna say it may have been perceived this way because of this and you explain the rationale yeah, you know yeah, like yeah. explain um, the facts and you lay out all the references, um, you know, clinically, what's the medical consensus out there, things like that. Those are the things that you need to reference in order for them to get it. And if they still don't get it, that means you're not doing your job just yet. You're, you you just have to kind of... It takes more allow time. Them, take, take more time, allow them to raise their concern and allow them to talk and listen to them. Mm -hmm. And when you listen to them, you know, you kind of hear what their point is. Then you kind of give your rationale why you think the other way. And usually that really, you know, solves and, and the concepts they will be able to take in um, what you have given. Well, there you go. That is part one of my interview with Janice Amon. You can check out Janice on LinkedIn. She has told me. She has a presentation coming up with Dr. Ronald Hirsch on September 23rd. More details are coming, but the title of the presentation is called Addressing the Three M's of the CMS, Provider Compliance Program, Medicare, Medicare Advantage, and Medical Necessity. So please stay tuned for more information on that presentation coming up.
medicalcodinggeek.com.